Welcome to The Immigrant's Way with immigration attorney Margaret W. Wong. She came to America in 1969 and worked in various jobs while pursuing her education. After graduating from law school and being fired three or four times, she started her own law firm in 1977 with one desk and no secretary. In 40 years, she has built her immigration law practice into one of the top immigration law firms in the United States with offices in Cleveland, Columbus, New York City, Nashville, Chicago, Memphis, Raleigh, Atlanta, and Minneapolis. She is rated in U.S. News Best Law Firms, is rated AV preeminent, has three honorary Ph.D. degrees, is listed in Best Lawyers in the U.S. and Super Lawyers, and was an adjunct professor in immigration law. This podcast is her opportunity to help you achieve your American dream. She will be breaking down complex immigration law topics week by week. Follow her on social media at Margaret W. Wong and Associates for tips, news, and inspirational immigrant stories. Enjoy. Hey, my name is Margaret Wong, and today's topic is visa bulletin and priority dates, or what we call the quota dates. Years and years ago, when we first started to practice, or all immigration lawyers, when we first started in the 70s, basically the first generation of immigration lawyers and immigration judges really started in the 60s and 70s. The earlier ones is different because those are the those were still the Eastern Hemisphere, Western Hemisphere. Most people don't really need lawyers because those were days it was easy. I shouldn't say easier, but it's just different. So that generation of lawyers passed. I mean, I don't mean pass away, but pa- like, um, so we all get older, we all retire. So the lawyers like us who started in the late 60s and 70s, we, we are used to quota and priority dates because it's like our Bible. Every month it comes out. And because in the early days there's no Google, we wait for the mail. And then we have Charlie Oppenheimer's The guy has been working there forever. I mean, I still remember him when he was young, when we used to go to conferences in AILA and Federal Bar Association. We were all so young. And now we're all in the 60s and 70s and at least the late 50s. But the late 50s lawyers are sort of young for us. So what is visa uh, bulletin and priority dates or quota dates? One uh, is the Civil Rights Act came in in 65, and then the 70s came. Now the slowly is a quota system. So in the early days, you have one, two, three, four, five, six. But now, after 97, uh, so now, or even the 80s, it became quota now. So each country have their quota. For example, Hong Kong was a British colony, and it only went to China in 97. So now what Trump did, um, our president did, is to put Hong Kong priority into China. At one time, Hong Kong itself only had 5,000 numbers. So Hong Kong-born people always prefer to use Chinese priority because in those days, China is not open. So there are not that many Chinese who want green card. But now, the quotas are very important because, for example, employment-based quota is more than 10 years for Indian nationals. So, for example, I'm born in India, but my mother is born in Dubai. My father is born in Saudi, but I'm born in India. I have to use my own country quota. But if I marry uh, a Jamaican citizen or a place of birth is also Jamaica, I can so I can use her or his 
quota from country of birth. That's what we call cross-chargeability. So quota is not as simple as like every month. For the next month quota, you get it um, in the early uh, prior month in the 11th or 12th. So every month, people like us who practice a lot with Philippines, China and India and Mexico, these are four countries that's very, very backed up. So also for EB-5, the investment visa China quota is still backed up till 2015. It has not moved because each quota means one person. So for example, my mother filed for me as a green card holder and I'm over 21. Then it's a family to be. But in the meantime, my mother became a citizen and I remain single, even of course I'm over 21. Then it became a family one, right? Because family one means a citizen over 21 um, children. Now I got married. Now that quota jump from family to B to family one, suddenly to family three. But if you get married before your mom or dad became a citizen, that number is gone because you cannot marry. I mean, you cannot protect your quota. You can always marry, but you cannot protect your quota as a single child or parents because you got married. So that creates a lot of fraud because a lot of times I didn't know I'm supposed to get married and I'm waiting in line. Of course, I fell in love, especially for Indian clients because Indian people, we, um, we have love marriage and arranged marriage. So a lot, especially educated, wealthy, upper class, they don't like a, a love marriage. They're always doing arranged marriage. So it's arranged and I'm like going along with it. And my gosh, my mother filed for me and she's not a citizen. So I lose my three or four years wait. All right. I have to redo it. But I couldn't redo it until my mother become a citizen. Oh my gosh, that's another three years because she may not speak English. So that's why the quota is very important. The quota is also important, especially for people from Mexico, from China, from India, because the lines are so long that, for example, I got a job offer. I only have a bachelor's degree, so I do an EB-3 case. My child at that time is 13 years old. EB-3 is running 10 years from Indian National, and I'm also married to a Indian-born Indian National or Indian-born jamaican national so it's still indian born so i cannot cross charge my kid will be over 21 because if she's he's only or he or she is only 13 he became 23 years old and the i-140 only took one month to process this kid is out all right that's why quota is very important for cspa the cspa is child protection act child protection act gave some privileges to child, children under 21 when the ch when the parents file for green card or asylum. So all CSPA protects 589. So for example, I filed asylum in America uh, because I was subject to a lot of religious abuse when I was in communist China. I was subject to a lot of um, domestic violence when I was in uh, Honduras or Guatemala. My child, when I filed, was 19 years old. It took six years for the court to move through the system to grant my asylum. It doesn't matter when the grant is, it matters when you file. So the new CSPA law gave all parents who filed 589 prior to the child becoming 18, even though the case could have been granted 
when a child is 30, the child is entitled to what we call CISPA. Now, on the other hand, though, if the parents put the question no to the 589, that means I don't want to include my child here. And it happens a lot because I don't want him to be in a deportation proceeding because if I lose my case, my child, if I say yes, would also be deported. Now, in those cases, by then when I win, my child is 30 years old, still waiting. As long as he's not married, he or she is not married, I should do the 730 within the grant for two years. A lot of times I thought my lawyer did it or I thought my sister helped me do it because I was really still having post-traumatic stress syndrome or whatever you thought. If you miss the filing deadline of the 730 within two years, you lose the case. We have quite a few cases that for whatever reason, the parents didn't file for the child. They thought they already put their name on the 589 so they're protected. They are not, all right? So anytime you say no, on the 589, remember to file 730 on foreign-born child, children, foreign-born husbands, but you could not be divorced from him. So a lot of people, what they do is when they come to America, they thought, oh, I'm in a new country. I fell in love with someone. So when I file my asylum, I put his name in there and I married him without divorcing the old husband. So a lot of people, because the same old lawyer did the case, they, he forgot or she forgot that this woman is married to someone forgetting the divorce from the old people or from the old spouse. These are what we call fraud cases, all right? It doesn't matter if you forget, you're not supposed to marry someone else without that divorce and you're not supposed to really have children with this one. That's bigamy. So these are cases really a lot of fun. So follow us on, if you had a morning question, I know Visa Bulletin is such a serious topic and such a big, big topic that you couldn't do it in five minutes. But at least I give you a glimpse of how much fun and the dots and T's that us immigration lawyers do. So have faith, keep safe, and I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Immigrant's Way. We hope it was helpful. Get in touch on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or our website, imwong.com, and let us know if we can help you with your immigration needs. Until next time.